And I'm just going to break to the chase and tell you right off the bat that I do not think that is a good idea. All trends eventually die. Hey there, welcome to the Complete Wedding Photography for Couples podcast. Do you know that the number one regret for most couples after their wedding is usually their photographs? Tammy will share all the knowledge and expertise she has gained over the years to help you get the very best wedding images from your photographer. The conversations on this podcast are going to help you understand how almost every decision you make for your wedding day directly affects your photographer. Tammy is going to give you the knowledge and awareness you need to create a nearly perfect position for your photographer to be in on your wedding day. And that means better images for you to remember your special milestone. Tammy Blaylock is an internationally awarded, nationally featured wedding photographer and published author. Since 2010, she has excelled in helping each of her couples capture beautiful, emotive images from their big day. Tammy wants your wedding day to be as perfect as you do. So tune in and listen up, because this episode's about to begin. Hello and welcome, everyone. This is the Complete Wedding Photography for Couples podcast dedicated to couples who are planning a wedding and want to memorialize that wedding with the best images possible and actually know the steps that they can take to hire the best wedding photographer for them. So thank you so much for listening today. I am honored to be in your ears, whether you're driving in your car or um, you're on a walk or a run or you're listening in on your lunch break or sneaking some few minutes in if you're wedding planning at work, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, I am honored that you're listening to me. I would just quickly like to remind you that my podcast coincides with the book I'm writing. Uh, My official release date is October 4th. The book is called The Complete Guide to Wedding Photography for Couples Getting Married. It is scheduled to release on October 4th. That is just around the corner. I also have a growing Facebook group if you'd like to join. Just search for Complete Wedding Photography. It is a private group on Facebook. If you'd like to learn any more about my wedding photography, search for me on the web at atagirlphoto.com. That's A-T-A girlphoto.com. If you want to follow me on any social media platform, you can search for me at atagirlphoto, A-T-A girlphoto. And as always, if there is ever a topic you want me to cover or a question you want me to answer, simply just email me at Tammy, T-A-M-M-Y, at atagirlphoto.com, and I would be happy to oblige you. Today's topic that we're going to get into is using photography trends to document your wedding day. And I am going to share my opinion with you on whether or not I believe that that is a good idea. And I'm just going to break to the chase and tell you right off the bat that I do not think that is a good idea. I'm going to date myself, but back in the day, some of the fashion trends that were popular when I were in high school uh, were big hair, parachute pants, uh, neon colors, you know, wearing all sorts of neon colors in your clothing. We wore a lot of 
fishnet stocking, either pantyhose. I don't even know if, if people know what those are anymore, but fishnet stockings and even like fishnet clothing over your clothing. And then there were these things called jelly shoes. They were basically very cheap sandals, like slip-in sandals that had a lot of holes in them. Your feet sweated profusely in these things. And after wearing them for a couple of hours, you can only imagine what your feet smelled like, but they were very popular. Like all the girls had them. They were also, you know, relatively inexpensive. So everyone, like they came in all kinds of neon colors and everyone had them because, you know, they were, like I said, they were inexpensive. So it didn't really matter what socioeconomic class you belong to, pretty much everyone could afford them. So everyone's feet smells bad, but they were so popular. And these are all fashion trends that I don't think anyone from the 80s would ever want to repeat. These were just horrible fashion trends. And I, you know, when when someone from this decade posts pictures of themselves, it's something that we all laugh about. We You know, back in the day, we thought we were so cool, but now we just cringe when we see these photos resurface. And that's kind of the way that I believe that couples are going to feel about their wedding images when these popular post-processing trends fade away or die because All trends eventually die. I mean, we know this, guys. We know this. So let's review some wedding photography trends in photography that have already expired. These are things that we have seen in just recent, you know, in the recent past 10 years or so that have already died. So something we don't see anymore are wedding parties running from dinosaurs. That's already ran its course. Something that we don't see, I think at least on purpose, are very slanty or crooked images. At one time, that was something that was done on purpose. Something that we don't see a lot of anymore is selective coloring, So that is where an image is post-processed and everything in the image is black and white or depleted of coloring except for one item in the image. For example, the bride's bouquet. That might be left, you know, if it's red roses. The bouquet might still be red, but everything else in the image is black and white. At one time, it was very popular to do a texture overlay over the image so that it looked very gritty or grainy or aged. At one time, it was very popular to just sharpen the heck out of an image or it's called HDR or extreme HDR, high dynamic range, where the image just looks, I I don't really know how to explain this, but the image just looks incredibly sharp, like just 
extremely crisp. You you can tell when it's just so sharp. At one time, there was these tilt shift lenses that you could buy. And basically what it did is it created a very unnatural bokeh in the image. So the bokeh had really nothing to do with the depth of field. So like half of the image was out of focus and it had nothing to do with how far the the things in the image were away from the camera. When someone used a tilt shift lens, let's just say the the bottom third of the image was out of focus, but that included everything from one foot away from the camera to 20 feet away from the camera. And um, the last thing that I can think of is using a lens ball. A lens ball is something that looks like a, a, a small crystal ball, or um, sometimes they're they're like prisms. They're like a huge diamond, and you use those. You put those in front of your lens to take a, a picture, and it creates a very weird. I don't know how to describe this image. So, like a lens ball might. You take an image and then everything that every, the part of the image that's behind the lens, lens ball is upside down. And kind of the same thing with, with the prism. Everything that is reflected in the prism, the prism reflection might be eight reflections of the images on the prism. So it's just multiple ways to be creative, I guess, by using these tools to be creative with your imagery. Anyhow, those are all trends that aren't necessarily as popular as they were when they first hit the photography scene. Now, some current photography trends that are still in existence are dark and moody. I consider that a photography trend. I consider light and airy a current trend photography trend. And by the way, I I would also step out and say that about 95% of the images or photographers that I see producing these light and airy images are not doing it correctly. I would get, I would say that 95% of these images are just overexposed images. The the highlights in the images have absolutely no detail, and I would consider them just an overexposed image. This episode is brought to you by From His Garden. From His Garden is an award-winning company providing event planning, floral design, and furniture rentals. Visit the friendly staff at 8035 Culebra Road, Suite 102 in San Antonio, Texas, or online at fromhisgardenflowers.com. And one of the last current photography trends that I can think of off the top of my head is like a pastel color toning. I don't even really know what to call it, but it's kind of like most of the color is sucked out of the image and it's toned to be like a peach color. It's not necessarily a black and white, 
or a sepia color toning. It's it's kind of like a sepia image, but leaning to another color in the rainbow. So like a peach color or a pink color or a green color, but kind of in the pastel family. And I, I would consider all those current photography trends that are very popular. But my opinion on using a photography trend to document your wedding day is that this is the quickest, fastest, easiest way to date your photos. In my opinion, the only way you should be dating your wedding photos and actually any photos that you take, and and these are all things that are unavoidable, is the clothing that you're wearing, the vehicles in the background, the decor in the room, maybe your hairstyle, your jewelry, the makeup on your face, and nothing else. You should want your images to be classic and timeless and be able to stand the test of time. You know, if you pick up an image from 1940 or 1960 or even maybe even 1980 back before you, you know when it was still a film age and there were no photography trends per se if you ignore the clothing the vehicles the decor the hairstyles you really should not be able to tell what year or what decade that image was taken. And if someone was wearing very classic clothing and had a very classic hairstyle, a lot of times you can't tell what year or decade that image was taken. And that is the way that I view wedding photography. Like you should want your images, your wedding album, your image gallery to stand the test of time. You should want your legacy to be classic and timeless. And that's the way I feel about it. Your images should reflect the way that we actually see the world. It necessarily shouldn't be some artist's representation of the way they saw your day. If you, I mean, yes, it should, but no, it shouldn't. Not in such a way that it's going to date your entire image gallery. If you want an artistic piece of your wedding day, do that as a one-off. Do that as a wall, a wall art piece, not your entire wedding image gallery. Your images should be freezing time. And, and I'll repeat, they should be the way that we actually see the world with our eyes, with, you know, as an average, as the way that humans see the world, but in a slightly enhanced way, you know, the way that the, the photographer, the, the way that their artistry should enhance your wedding images, they should be using their creativity to capture better perspectives. For instance, once we reach adulthood, once we reach our maximum height, 
our eyes are at a set level. So for instance, I'm five foot four. My eyes probably set at about four feet, 11 or right at five feet. So that is where I view the world from every single day, day in, day out. It is your wedding photographer's job to make your wedding images interesting by capturing images from a different perspective than from five feet. And even when the, the trends, the, the light and airy, the dark and moody, the pastel color toning, even when they're, when photographers are following that trend, I find a lot of images are still being captured from that five foot eye level, from that five foot six eye level for, you know, all those people who are taller than me, which is like the majority of the world. But the interesting perspectives are not from that height. They're from the bird's eye view, from the worm's eye view, from behind a bush and behind a tree and through a window and a door frame or a car window or a reflection from a car window or a mirror or between someone's feet or someone's elbow bend. And this is the way that the photographer should be getting creative with their craft, not from some action or filter that they're running through a software or not by overexposing your images or underexposing your images. And I want to thank like all of the photographers that I have taken master classes from over the years for helping me understand this. So Shout outs to Nick Picredis, Salvatore Domino, Two Man Studio, Jerry Guionis, Johnson Wee, Kata Z. These, I mean, true masters of the wedding photography craft. They're not using gimmicks to make their art interesting. They have truly mastered the craft. They have learned to use their eyeballs and their camera to make their art visually interesting. They have not just slapped on a filter or slapped on an an action to make their art interesting. They have, you know, they have mastered placing multiple stories in a frame or using juxtaposition. I just watched a class yesterday with two man studio, putting shadows on high highlights or yeah, shadows on highlights and highlights on shadows. I mean, capturing emotion and human connection. And you can't do that with a filter or an action. I hope that I have made my point. I, I am actually getting ready to walk out the door. I am just about ready to head out the door, to drive to Houston. I have graciously been invited to second shoot my first ever Indian wedding with Kate and Keith Photography. I'm second shooting with them today, tomorrow, and Saturday. And I am so excited about this. I have been wanting to second shoot an Indian wedding for so long. And they graciously accepted me to second shoot with them. And I'm just so exciting to do this. So excited to do this. So I need to get busy and get headed out the door. But I wanted to 
keep with my podcast schedule and get this up for you. But in closing, I just want to drive home the fact that I don't think it is it is a smart thing to date your wedding images any more than you absolutely positively have to. So keep it classy, guys. Keep your images classic. Keep them timeless. Keep them very contemporary and control the things that you can. You can't really control the vehicles, the decor, the hairstyles, the makeup, the jewelry, the clothing so much, but you can control the way that your wedding images are processed. So don't follow those trends that will come to an end. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you have a fantastic day. I know I am going to, so I will catch you next time. If you enjoyed today's podcast, do me a favor, take a screenshot of wherever you're listening from, post it on Instagram or Facebook and tag me. I will catch you next time. Thank you so much. Adios. Thank you for listening to the Complete Wedding Photography for Couples podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time and we hope that you learned something to make your wedding photographs better and your wedding day less stressful. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts so others just like you can set their wedding photographer up for success. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you again during the next episode.